0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, November 29th, 2021. I'm Caleb Brown. The push for rural broadband hasn't gone very well. To the extent that governments promise that the deployment of high-speed internet will be cost-effective, there's really not that much evidence either way. That from Will Reinhardt of the Center for Growth and Opportunity. He says the claims about workforce development are similarly misleading, and the public ought to be more skeptical of claims about the power Of rural broadband, there was a big push to get broadband into rural areas, and I can tell you from the experience of visiting my father in uh, Southwest Missouri that uh, it is frustrating to visit a home that does not have hot and cold running internet. Yeah, Uh, and so I, I definitely feel his pain, and he's definitely the person I think of when I think of people who are stuck using. 3G connections in order to send and receive pictures of grandkids.
1: Yeah. Like my grandmother. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah. and so yeah.
0: that, that, that stinks and I don't like it, but at the same time, I'm just highly skeptical of government attempts to sort of goose that industry or, uh, you know, in the worst case scenario, take charge of the entire process. Mm-hmm. So uh, we've seen a lot of states try to have their plans to do this. Mm-hmm. Have any of them worked particularly well?
1: It depends on what you mean, because the big concern that most local policymakers have is that broadband should help local economies and and boost productivity. The unfortunate side of broadband is that, that those things don't actually happen. What what ends up happening instead is that broadband comes into a region and it shifts the markets. It'll shift the labor market, it'll shift the retail market, but it doesn't seem to do all that much in helping the actual local productivity or the local educational opportunities. Those things come with computers, with cell phones, with all the other ancillary connected technologies, not just broadband itself. Well, I guess what I meant was just the actual deployment of it. At
0: a, a cost-effective basis to to all these people, is there much evidence pointing to whether or not that is that works well when the government's directing it?
1: There isn't actually very much evidence. There's not really good studies one way or the other. The striking thing about this and some of the work that I'm trying to do is actually to answer those questions, to answer those fundamental questions about how good government run programs are as compared to say state programs so states spend a lot of money a lot of money as well um, the the federal government has spent big chunks of money specifically in two thousand and nine during the the last stimulus and there's a whole bunch of other projects that are typically going on year to year so the FCC has a number of of programs that they support uh broadband as as well as the department of of agriculture but a lot of those really just don't show huge, big impacts on, as I said, productivity. There are some clear changes when it comes to other sorts of markets, which I think are important to highlight. And there are obviously a lot of areas that don't have broadband that probably should have broadband. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, in particular, you know, I'm sure the the area where your where your father lives is probably a very you know, it's a, it's not a dense area, I would assume, you know, south, Southwest Missouri having been there before and having vacation there. And sometimes the, that area is, there's just not a lot of people. And so it's, it's difficult to build any sort of technology to that area.
0: That is not, you know, you, you need the population in order to make it cost exactly. effective. Yeah. So you've alluded to this several times of what people expect broadband to deliver. Yeah, And it's compared uh, frequently to like, the TVA, rural, yeah, rural electri- electricity, The rural electrification, yeah. people yeah. having access to light bulbs in their homes. And, uh, you know, for a lot of uh, America, a uh, hundred or more years ago, that was a pretty or you know, it was a su- substantial
1: problem. Yeah, it was a transformative for many for many areas. And, and but, that is the case. But yes. broadband. Yes, is not like the rural electricity. Electricity really is what what economists called a uh, a general purpose technology or a GPT. So it. it- it clearly transforms productivity in the areas that it goes into. That's really, really easy to find. Even with the TBA and, and a lot of the rural electrification administration efforts, the REA, you can see this pretty big impact come into rural areas very, very quickly after after electricity comes in. That's not as easy to see when it comes to broadband. And you know, I keep on harping on this issue of adoption, but it really is the important part of all of this. We We have to have computers, we have to have cell phones, we have to use these technologies. So just getting it into the ground, I mean, that's obviously important, but the bigger task and the thing that we, we really need to figure out, and I don't know that there's any real good ideas or programs or solutions, is that we need to get people using these technologies and trying to adopt them into their daily lives if we want to transform these economies. So
0: what do we see? You mentioned retail retail and, yeah. and employment
1: yeah what does that mean so when a when we do see that when a broadband service comes into a region that previously didn't have that broadband service that oftentimes people in that local market will start substituting out retail local retail for amazon for walmart for delivery services what that means is that in fact, in a lot of instances, we see this transition away from, from local retail to something that's closer to e-retail. So those retail markets clearly do shift. We also do see, and to be very clear, the, the big impact that traditionally we've seen with, with broadband coming into a region is for farmers because that increases their ability to sell their products in other in other places. So the ability to increase sales does sometimes occur and and can be seen pretty pretty clearly in a number of different industries. Or whether to take your goods to this market versus that exactly, market, right? You're you're finding out where the better markets are and so you have usually you have better information about where those where those mar- markets are. So that's at least a short-term impact that's often seen.
0: So a lot of uh people that I talk to cuz Kentucky has and anybody who follows this issue yeah. will be familiar with Kentucky Wired, which oh, yeah. has not, uh, well, I'll let you tell me if you like, but it, it, it hasn't performed particularly well. Yeah. And, uh, but the hopes that I see from a lot of people are, you know, out in the far eastern part of the state, there's, you know, limited connectivity. Mm-hmm. If we get connected, maybe we can attract help attract back a lot of people who otherwise have moved away to dense Denser urban areas, people who, uh, in, in light of a pandemic have decided to move out of their densely populated urban area. They yeah. conduct their work and use their current salary to really brighten up an area that, uh, they other, otherwise would not have those kinds of people there.
1: Yeah. So traditionally the, and COVID could change this. And I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to, you know, update my own. View of the world and, and expectations given COVID, but traditionally the way that this happened is that you've seen exurbs benefit much more than areas that aren't connected to a large metro region. That being said, what to be very very clear about this, that it's not areas. The areas already have to be connected to a large metro area, or have to be on the you know on the on the edge of a large metro, metropolitan area. There has to be some other big. Pull both, both in a labor market and, and and just a general economy for for those areas to continue to develop. So the exurbs do in fact seem to develop and probably do need quicker broadband. But the area that is completely unconnected, that is you know out in the middle of the woods or in the you know in the foothills, those those areas aren't going to, or at least traditionally, those areas uh, really didn't need broadband in the way or at least they didn't attract the same sort of you know creatives in the way that the excerpts which are just on the edge of of the city actually typically did
0: what do you see between now and whenever uh, (laughs) about the the deployment of this type of broadband technology uh for rural people is is it the future is it uh wires laid in the ground is it uh Five G, six G, seven G in the future. What yeah. what what should people who are currently waiting on this to arrive so that they can oh, be entertained, go shopping, connect yeah. connect with people elsewhere? What does that uh, What does that look
1: like? I think the future does look bright for a lot of areas, and it really does. And I you know I hate to say this that local politics matters, but the locality matters a lot. The areas, some areas, I think are going to be, and it's pretty clear that. Some regions are just never going to be able to be provided a fiber service. We actually know about two percent of the United States. Very similar to about the two percent of the United States that doesn't have electricity. That those regions, this, this last two percent, is in, almost impossible to get to. So those areas probably would be best served by some sort of low Earth satellite. Starlink might might be a, a good option for them. in In the middle, you know, in this this other region where we see that there are gaps there is a lot that's being done. There's a lot that's happening with CARES money. That's There's a lot that's happening with the infrastructure bill. There's a lot of money that's going into these regions. So in fact, what I think that people should be focused on is is getting those programs right, considering the money's already coming and the money's already going out. You need to get those programs right to figure out the areas that direly need service, the areas that don't have service right now. You should be clearly focused on them rather than building new broadband services in areas in towns that already do have service.
0: And and to what extent should uh, governments take a hand off, hands off approach with respect to what is going to come to an area that <laughs> that is covering those those areas efficiently, uh, where there are profits to be had for yeah. the industry players to tr- to try to provide this kind of service to a, a whole region
1: you know what what should the interplay there be that's a complex question and and again i hate to say that it needs to be locally determined but it really does need to be locally determined that there are clearly cases where a a government grant could come in and kind of help that initial spark of the creation of the the network but those there are a lot of areas and a lot of places where the services will be somewhat profitable. I mean, they will, they will make positive profits, but they're not going to be overtly profitable. They're not going to be amazing, great areas for these services. So the way to really think about this and the way that, that leaders should really be considering this is to create clear guardrails over their current projects and grant processes, target the most needy and figure out ways and methods. And these are kind of tried and true. Figure out ways and methods to make sure that those services and that money go, I'm sorry, that money goes to the, to the most needy and then kind of work from there. Some areas probably are going to need other help as well. And, you know, as, as the other thing that I keep on highlighting is the need for adoption programs. So as much as we are talking about getting Broadband into the ground into the most needy areas, governments and especially state governments, I think, could be thinking much more practically about how to get adoption efforts um, organized. They can work with local, you know, farmers' bureaus. They can they can work with the the commissioners. There's there's a lot that really I think can be done at the local level for adoption measures, and it's those two things that are really going to be necessary to ensure that everyone is connected to the broadband that wants to be connected to broadband.
0: Will Reinhardt is a senior research fellow at the Center for Growth and Opportunity. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast pretty much anywhere and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.